Welcome back to the After Dark Podcast, where we discuss topics that are none of our business. It's your boy, Black Mike on the mic. We got Big Stir up top. Y'all already know what it is. This is episode 22. I'm starting to think maybe we should just call out the episodes on the pod so y'all can keep along. 100%. Yeah, let's, let's do that. It's episode 22. Like I said, we got Big Stir here. Make sure you like and subscribe. Follow on all the audio platforms. Do do that little blah, blah, blah. I don't like saying it, but we got to say it so y'all can just do it. And, you know, it'd be a happy marriage there. But Big Stir, how you doing today, man? Like, what's life been up to? I know we, uh, well, first of all, when y'all are hearing this, it will be Sterling Arthur Reed, and yes, full name again, in case y'all want to really fuck with this nigga, on his birthday, Big 2-6, Big Stir, August 9th, you got his full name and his birthday, do with that as you please, the man, I will, you know, me and Chad will be up there Friday, oh, actually, our flight. Or not our flight. <laughs> our fucking train gets there at eight fifty six. So I don't know how drunk you're gonna be able to be. <laughs> to nah, no, nah, we good. I got, I got, I got. I'm about to run a bunch of errands, but yeah, man. Like, um, yeah, super excited for you know, guys to come down. And I've got a couple more friends coming to town. It's gonna be a good weekend. I'm really, really excited for it. Like, I actually can't wait for the week to be over with. I'm not gonna lie to you. Funny enough, my uh, my director, who's been at my acting manager for my office at work, at an end of day recap with him, just breaking down what I did for the day, all that jazz. He's like, "Oh, your birthday's tomorrow," and I'm like, "Yeah, like how did you know that?" And he's like, "Oh, when you get hired, like I I put your everyone's birthday into my calendar so I don't miss it," and I'm like, "Oh." Yeah, like, I'm not really big into birthdays or anything. Like, I'm not like, oh, I need to have dinner. I need to do this, that, and the other. I am hoping my parents send me some cash. That'd be straight. Uh, <laughs> um, honestly, it's not even going to go to a good cause at all. It's probably going to go to the bot, like, degenerate shit. So we're not going to. It's probably best they don't send me any money. Um, but, yeah, man, things are good. Uh, you know, still adapting to the new place. We're, we're sl- I mean, by the time y'all get here on Friday, like, the place will be up to where I want it to be for presentability to the public. Um, I did just get a spot in my room. I spilled some substance on my floor and I've been trying to get it out. I already got a fucking stain on the floor, bro. What you been there for a few weeks, a month. Yeah. I've been there for a month. Well, I mean, I know I can get it out because I got majority of it out. It's just that it's like a light carpet. So it's kind of tough. But other than that, man, I'm doing well living the dream uh definitely definitely uh could be way worse but i always could be a lot better but I, like i said i'm fucking pumped see you boys this weekend um and see some other folks that i haven't seen in a while it's just gonna be a good time man i'm i'm super stoked and i know it's gonna be a, a time to remember so no it really i mean that's kind of it man i'm not even like i'm not even thinking about my week like my week is just like a back a, on the back burner everything else until the weekend is like it ain't, it's irrelevant but how about yourself being like how's how's it hanging i know i know i know you you're a pretty simple guy you're a man of routine it's it's kind of like myself like what's been going on in your world my man yeah well you know well first of all happy birthday because this will be dropping tomorrow so i should formally Appreciate say happy that. birthday am looking forward to it like i said be chad 
Also, a little bro Monty will be there as well. It's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be a time. Uh, but this past weekend, man, pretty good. I actually I had a last minute kind of um, spur of the moment uh, purchase a ticket to go see Snoop Dogg and well Wiz Khalifa and Snoop Dogg, and you know that was that was a really really good time really good time it was on a sunday um at six o'clock and that is i'm usually sundays if you know me i don't do anything on a sunday at all i won't get off the couch or leave my bed don't and if it's football season lose me with that it's absolutely not happening i'm not doing anything but spur of the moment went to snoop dogg concert snoop dogg is 51 which is insane you know he's old motherfucker been around forever and dude he killed it breath control was insane obviously wasn't moving around the stage as much he's older but like the fact that he was able to have the breath control the fact that he was able to you know really work the crowd everyone was lit there it was different age groups left and right like you can see a bunch of young people a lot of older people and let me tell you something southern white people love snoop (laughs) southern white people love snoop especially older southern white people people that you would like otherwise look at and probably think that of course you know snoop he's the probably the most famous rapper in the world but um you probably be like oh yeah i know snoop but not really know his raps but dude they were rapping everything word for word shirt was coming off i'm talking 50 year old white men taking their shirts off getting down into it you know thinking that they <laughs> thinking that they crypt and shit like that it's it's funny man it was funny but it was a good time uh i had a i had a I had a good time Wiz, obviously you know he did his thing you know he's got you know his discography his catalog he's got a lot to pull from so yeah, um sure. too short was there too so on my level live was fucking phenomenal that was fired it's probably one of my favorite whiz songs of all time too so yeah but other than that man had a chill weekend you know like you said uh man of routine so stepped out of my routine a little bit but that was a good time got to change of pace it's important at this age for sure yes sir but without further ado we are going to hop right into the show ladies and gentlemen we got a few things on the dock today you know we got to hit Obama's conspiracy, Kai Sinat, the riot that he started. Oh, my God. Uh, we even going to talk some NFL. NFL season's around the corner. It is approaching us. Preseason started already. So, you know, we're going to hit some NFL. Uh, look forward to diving into NFL this year heavily on the podcast and uh, y'all being able to follow along on my Cowboys journey for the first time ever. Um, and then we're bringing Black React. And also, we got a cool idea for Black React in the future. Don't know exactly when we plan on implementing that. But when we do, it's going to be cool. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited for y'all to be able to enjoy it in that aspect. But without further ado, we got to hit something that didn't even make the dock. Because this just happened probably like a couple hours ago. It's breaking news. We're going to break it here. Tory Lanez gets 10 years for shooting Megan the Stallion in the foot. 10 years. Now, you know, before we break this down, 
to me, when I first heard this, I was just like, whoa. It doesn't even feel real, to be honest, because Tori just doesn't even feel like somebody that should be behind bars in 10 years, not saying for what he did, like if he did what he did. Uh, and I guess they said he's doing he did what he did. Uh, then he deserves to be behind bars. But just like Tory in itself, like before the story, knowing Tory Lanez and the way he moves, I would have never guessed in a million years he'd get 10 years. But uh, without ranting, Sterling, I want to hear your thoughts. I know I literally just told you this before we started the pod. So these are yeah. fresh thoughts on his mind. Uh, let's hear it here first. Yeah, man. Fuck Megan the stuff, Meg the stallion, bro. I don't. I, I already get. That's the first thought. Like for fuck. Like I. When's the last time you heard a track from her, bro? Like and she's irrelevant. She really rode this forever, bro. How long ago did this happened? Like two and a half years ago. Like it feels time. like it's been. It feels like it's been forever. Like bro, like you got enough money, you could get her. She can get her whole foot surgically repaired. He probably would have willing to pay her whatever it took. You know what I'm saying? But like, it's wild to me. That, like, she, and I know the thing is, she has to charge, like, she has to press charges. This just a follow-up on all these different court sentences. She put all this work in instead of trying to make decent music. When the last time we heard a banger from her? There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes. <laughs> That's there's, probably there's the some last holes one. In, there's yeah. some holes in your foot. <laughs> there's some holes in your foot. <laughs> and you fun. know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Tory Lanez, Tory Lanez is a superior artist compared to you, Miss Meg Thee Stallion, and you just put away one of the better R and B hip hop artists of this generation. Not saying he's the best, not saying he's top five, none of this, but like he's one of the better ones, and we can all agree on one this of the more talented for sure, especially in the rap. Yeah, I mean the guy, he can rap and he can legitimately sing. Like, and it was like, nah, screw that. I'm gonna put all this time and effort instead of making music like my career. I'm going to take all the money I can and get in a criminal trial and spend all this money that I don't really have anymore to splurge on Tory going to jail for 10 years. <laughs> Dude, I get, I, I guarantee there's going to be some weird shit in the next like six, seven years that happens with Meg Thee Stallion. Cause she's going to, she's already fallen off the face of the earth. They'd be like, Oh, Meg Thee Stallion caught or fell out of a window from the 56th floor, bro. Tory got shooters, bro. He may be a little softy from Canada, bro, but he got shooters. And they don't be fucking with this weird shit. Like, you got shot in the foot, bro. Like, can we get over it? Like, seriously. Like, you got all the money. I know it's traumatic. I know this, that, and the other. And I feel for you. I get it. Like, if it was my little sister, I'd want her to be like, oh, like, get his ass. But look, your music career ain't going nowhere because of this either, my girl. Like, nobody gonna give a fuck. Well, the wild thing to me, like, when I really think about, it just seems like, and I mean, Come come at us any way you want to, you know. There's probably going to be some Megan Thee Stallion stands listening to this, and oh, they're so insensitive, blah 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 blah. But you can't tell me, like when I was when I first heard the whole story, I still don't feel like I got everything I needed to get from this story. Like to me, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not saying I followed it super uh, concisely, but it, like for me, it didn't even seem like they really proved that Tory did the shooting. Like it, it almost felt like he was judged in the court of uh, public opinion and they needed an out. Megan stood by her story and they just kind of pinned it on my man, Tory without any like real consideration on any other things. And everyone else there seemed to think 
that Tori didn't really do anything. Kylie didn't speak up on Megan's behalf. Her best friend didn't speak up on Megan's behalf. Um, Iggy sent in a letter before they made their decision speaking on Tori's behalf. One and where my conspiracy brain kind of goes, if you allow me to get into my conspiracy bag, because we got a few conspiracy things on the dock today. So we're kind of in our conspiracy tin hat bag. But where my conspiracy bag or brain goes is everything kind of felt a little funny after Tori ditched the labels and went independent. If you kind of notice when an artist ditch the labels and they go independent, the machine no longer works for you is actually working against you. And they don't want to see you succeed because if more people are independently succeeding without the labels help, then what is their causation to be able to lure in these new artists and make them sign these obnoxious 360 deals if everyone's getting big without it? So that's kind of where my brain went when I heard everything. And without the lack of evidence to me, like they didn't present anything to me that really seemed like Tori did anything. I don't know. You tell me, Sterling, did you see any pictures of Megan's foot? I've never seen one picture of her foot shot, bro. Look, I'm going to be 100,000% with you, bro. Why has nobody seen an image? I'm, I mean, I'm imagining it had to be in court, right? Like, it had to have been in court. Had to they be. Had, like a had to be. Bullet through her foot after surgery or before surgery or something. Because the doctors have to be, take documentation for the sake of if this were to ever be pulled in a criminal case. Regardless, anything with guns or anything like that. They have to treat as a like an active case or these types. Of, there's certain protocol. I'm not a doctor. I don't work in the medical space, and I'm sure somebody in the medical space could probably uh, elaborate a little bit more than I can. But what I will say, it is a little sketchy. It's a little weird, and it's not to say like, look, man, I'm one of those guys that doesn't believe OJ did it. So take that as you will. Um, if the gloves don't fit, you must acquit. Um, and at the end of the day, like if I don't see the gun. <laughs> <laughs> if I don't see if I don't see the if I don't see the if I don't see the bullet through your foot in any capacity after surgery before surgery shit like where what do you have the lot stand on and it, and then to prove that it was him out of all people that shot the gun at your foot like and then I go back on this one thing this one thing I always said and this is so look some ladies might not like this some dudes may not even like this you are a product of your environment, bro. You put yourself in these environments. You best believe some shit's going to happen that's similar to that or involved with it. There's something that could happen like that. And you know the consequences of you doing something or being in a situation like that point blank period. It does not matter, bro. Same thing with takeoff. Like the whole takeoff thing, RIP. Um, like, you know what you're getting into, and you have to be, especially when you're in the limelight, or especially a celebrity, you have to be extremely cognizant of that. And I, I mean, I I have no hopes for Meg Thee Stallion's career, because she hasn't showed me any any fucking good shit since the Megan Thee Stallion era. is literally the baby. They're the they, same they, artist. They're, they're the same artist, and honestly, she's worse. Well, I she mean, is worse, worse, because the baby's got a much deeper catalog than Megan does. Megan's got one flow. There's some hoes in this house. There's some hoes in She's got one flow, a few hits, and no one wants to hear anything else from her. Like, if you ain't shaking your ass with Cardi B beside you, then we don't want to hear from you. 
She ain't got shit to rap about. If you want to rap about something, rap about how you got Tory 10 years. Rap dude, about how the fact we'll sure. never get another chick's tape. Dude, I just, man, I've been a fan of like, um, well, the thing about it is like, I'm a little upset. Maybe I'm a little bit butthurt too. And like, if I really looked into the case, I'm sure like, not sure, but maybe I'd be like, oh, well, damn, that does make a lot of sense. But back to your conspiracy point, like, yeah, I mean, it does make a lot of sense. It could be definitely something, you know, behind the scenes where they're like, oh, like, oh, this guy's going to go independent. There's no fucking way we're letting him get off. There's no way. Absolutely no. Because imagine he goes and drops a crazy, like a, a really solid album, makes good money off of it. People that are kind of at his caliber, or a little bit lower, or even maybe a little bit above it, like, well, damn. When can I, when is my label contract up? Because well, here's the I'll, problem. I'll he was doing that. He was in the light. They had the whole yep. um. He had the whole uh, Instagram live thing that was going crazy during COVID. So Tory was in the light. He was making noise without the label helping them at all. Is it? There's a difference. See, you don't see the label going after somebody like Russ. Why not? Russ, he's obviously uber successful. He makes more money than some of your favorite rappers. But the difference is he's not in the limelight. He's not getting yeah. mentioned with the other people. So the label is not going to target Russ because they're like, yeah, we'll let him get his bag. But he's not on these commercials. He's not on screens. He's not on everyone's phone 24-7. So he's not really a threat to us. He's got his own niche market. But Tory, He's not marketable, you know? Tory. On the other hand, he's everywhere. You know, he's he's right there with he might not be as big as some of the people that, you know, we think of like a little baby, uh, Travis Scott, Drake, but it doesn't mention it doesn't matter because his name's being mentioned just as often as they are. So he's just as relevant from a public figure standpoint as they are, and the music is good and the music is selling without the label's help. They don't want that. That's bad because just one of them is fine. But if there's five, six, seven of them, people will really start opening their eyes and start saying, well, what do we need the label for if I can blow up like that? That's where my conspiracy hat goes. We also know that, you know, Tori and Megan had a little love triangle going on. Supposedly he was uh, more interested to Kylie that interested in Kylie that night. So we have no clue. There's a little grudge going on there. Listen, if Tory shot Meg, and I guess they're saying he did, so I will go along with what they're saying. He needs to be behind bars. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a nutcase. I'm not a fucking, uh, I'm not a meninist in any way. I'm not a feminist <laughs> either, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm neutral. You know, what's right is right. I'm just saying it smells fishy. It smells like somebody who ain't washed their little cooch has opened their legs wide open, and that's what it smells like to me. So I don't know. I mean, I ain't got anything else to go on. You know, Tori, my nah, bro, man. your shit is over. It is over, my dog. If you try to drop a chick's tape 10 years from now, ain't no one listening to that shit. It's done, my boy. You had a good run. You were talented. I will miss the tunes. But it is sayonara to you, Tori. Yeah, well, I mean, and I, I just want to pay some homage to Tori on the on like on the way out of the segment, dude. I got introduced to Tori Lane's like 
Well, I got really introduced to him my freshman year of college, like really introduced to him, like who he was. And then, and then I started to like look back, like, you know, when you get introduced to somebody, like, for example, like if you get introduced to Travis Scott when he had antidote and stuff, right? Then these people probably haven't listened to like before days before and all these other EPs, like upper echelon apart, like that whole like catalog of shit before rodeo. Same ideology with Tory. If you go on SoundCloud, bro, there are so many Tory Lanez tracks that are absolutely fire, bro. Absolutely fire. Has crazy flow. He will sing and rap in the same song, and it all sounds great. I want to pay some homage to you, my man. Yeah, your career is fucking over, my G. It's it, it's raw. It's it's over. There is no bringing that shit back. Like it's no getting out on good behavior. You in there for more than a year, bro. You're for, you're forgotten, unfortunately. <laughs> But I will not forget how Meg Thee Stallion and the industry fucked you over. I'm not saying, like you said, I agree with you. I agree. If he did, without a shadow of a doubt, prove or shoot Meg in the foot, Meg Thee Stallion in the foot, yeah, definitely needs to be behind bars. Like, I mean, like, you, you can't, you know, actions have consequences, good and bad. So you can't just go unpunished. But let's be real here. We know the world we live in, and we know things going. There's there's some people out there that got a lot more control than we do, and I don't be fucking with them. And I'm glad that they don't be fucking with me, because god dang it, I would be fucked if they really <laughs> like. They like, oh, we don't we don't like this dude. I'd be dude. I'd be canceled through the like. I'd be so deep. My my whole career, my whole personal career, my personal career would be over. I would. I need a knock on some wood, my boy. Uh, man, I'm not, I don't believe in the jinx, man. I'm look if I if I ever get to a point where I'm like where a Tory Lanez or a Meg Thee Stallion or those folks thing, that'd be cool to say, you know, and have their money and all that jazz. Look, man, I'm a very cognizant guy. I'm extremely responsible when it comes to what I do. I'm not going to shoot nobody in the foot. I'm going to tell you that for sure. And what? Thirdly, you ain't about to catch me slipping. You are not going to catch me slipping in public. I promise. So, with that being said, shout out my boy Tori. Screw you, Meg. Meg the Stallion. You Oosh. really, you fine as hell. Like, don't get it twisted. You fine as all hell. But, like, your music, you're, you're irrelevant. You just, this is the one thing that's kept you alive for the past three years. And I want to let that be known as well. But, moving to a different topic on another woman that's even, even, honestly, even more controversial as a woman just in general and what she do was doing for a period of time. It's our girl, the public's girl, Mia Khalifa. So, for probably for a lot of the ladies that are listening, you probably don't know who the hell Mia Khalifa is. And if you don't, or if you, you probably don't know her pre this conversation here, who she is. To give you a little backstory, Mia Khalifa was one of the most viral adult film stars to ever come about the internet ever ever the fact is she was you know she's of like a middle eastern descent she's got very large assets um on her <laughs> chest and that became a that became something kind of like very like what's the word i'm looking for um a commodity for some people i, I guess that like it, it honestly god could become a commodity but <laughs> That being said, Mia, Mia Khalifa was also the controversy that came about is that Mia I can Khalifa, play the video 
Yeah, play the video. Just 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 play the video. Let's play this. Let's let y'all hear this so y'all can react with us, okay? Second merit. Made at 25, divorced at 28. Third engagement. Engaged at 29. Oh, we're comparing stats. Baby girl doesn't know that I am Tom Brady at this game. Married at 18, divorced at 21. Second marriage. Married at 25, divorced at 28. Third engagement. Engaged at 29, ended it at 30, but I kept the ring. I'm still keeping Tom Brady on his toes. We should not be afraid to leave these men. We are not stuck with these people. Marriage is not a sanctimonious thing. It is it is paperwork. It's something, it's 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 a commitment you make to someone. But if you feel like you're not getting anything from that commitment and you're trying, you gotta go. You gotta go. You have to go. I know it's difficult to fill out paperwork and to make appointments and to do all of these things, but this is your fucking life. Do you want to be stuck with someone? It's period. Do you want to be stuck with someone? So that's the video. That is what went viral over Twitter. Essentially, Mia, <laughs> yeah, Mia Khalifa. Essentially, she can't hold down a man. For more than fucking two years, it seems like she's hopping to marriages. And her point is basically that she's telling all these young women that, you know, society says that you're supposed to get in marriage and there's a bond and you're supposed to stick with them. And she's saying, hey, if you get the sense that shit's not OK, you need to bounce because she's bounced three times within, it seems like the past six years in marriages and that is her advice to the people that's her mo dude are you uh are you rocking with it what are you what are we doing here i mean i'm not gonna 1000 i'm not gonna be 100 percent disagree with her right like so i agree on the point that marriage is a basis of paperwork it is a financial agreement more than anything it's not necessarily like a, a measure of the bond that you have with someone. And we've had this conversation, you and I, Michael, I know that we have, um, where it is a financial agreement between two people. I do want to get married myself one day. I'm sure you do if you if you find a, the right girl to do that with. Um, and hopes to be the only marriage and a successful kids, all that, all, you know, white picket fists, golden retriever, all that shit, or whatever dog you prefer. Whatever. Um, I don't disagree with her on that. I do believe that is correct. But the way that she go like goes first off, you're public you're publicizing this on social media. You know this is good. she knows it's gonna go viral. She knows she knows. I mean, she she's not stupid. She is a smart woman. Like I give her that. Like she knows what the hell she's doing. Um But that being said, to that point, I'm not taking advice from on relationships from an adult film star. I'm just gonna be a hundred percent honest with you. Like, and there's nothing against your industry at all. Like, I mean, uh, you know, without <laughs> Without going into too much detail, I I have nothing against you, but I'm not taking. I don't really take relationship advice, marriage advice, or anything like that from anybody. Really, just to be honest, the only people I probably take advice from would be my parents or people that have been in a long-standing marriage for twenty plus years and have seen and it seems to be successful from the outside looking in. That's honest to God. The only people I'm taking advice from. If you can't hold a marriage for more than two years at a time, bro, like the problem I'm seeing is that. Between the last two marriages, it took her a year to find another man get engaged. 
Like what? First off, bro. Like nobody moves that fast, bro. Like I get when you get older, things do move a little bit faster. That's cool. That's a hundred percent okay. Like I'm not gonna judge anybody, but what I will say is, is that you telling me, first off, she engaged a guy, never got married to him necessarily, but got engaged and then kept the. Nah, man, I can't be rocking <laughs> with that shit. I can't rock with it at all. I'm gonna tell you because, like, if I'm gonna put money down for a ring and it's like that, that ring for that girl, like, you gonna give me that shit back? Like, I'm getting you're gonna my give back. me that back, and the next girl's gonna get it, and that's just yeah, that. and that's just that. I'm it's sorry. just that. It just happened it's that just way. That. But okay, yeah. so let me. Uh, so do I dis do I disagree or do I agree with Mia Khalifa? Essentially, I think what she was trying to say from a macro perspective, I, I can't say I disagree with because I do believe that marriage is, uh, as far as the government's concerned, is a financial agreement. It's like two businesses coming together, like a business is acquiring the other and they're coming together into one Murder. full business and they're merging. And, um, you know, you're picking on that. You're picking up that business's debt or, you know, if the other business is very profitable, that profit is now running to your subsidiary and vice versa. So I do think from a government's perspective, it is one. And then I also agree from a macro perspective that she's right, that if things are really bad and, um, you know, you can't suffer it, then you should absolutely feel okay to split and, you know, move on with your life if things are just that terrible. But where she's got it fucked up at and where she's completely missed the mark is it sounds like to me that she just wants it to be sunshine and rainbows 24-7. And the, and the minute there's a little thunderstorm, you know... She's not just going inside the house, cutting on a Netflix movie and putting on a blanket and waiting the thunderstorm out to go back inside. She's instead up and moving to Miami where it never rains. <laughs> and that's and that's the problem. She's essentially saying that anytime shit goes left, she's bouncing out of a marriage and or engagement. And I can't say I agree with that. I'm like most people. And I think that's why most people today are actually uh, getting divorced more, more often is because uh, they feel like as soon as something goes left, they got to dip out. And that's not marriage. Like, that's not marriage at all. Marriage is a lot of ups and downs, a lot of fights, a lot of rocky rows. There might be two, three years in a row where shit just ain't hitting and it ain't been hitting for a minute. And then... The next five years are beautiful, and that's what it's all about. Like, we got to those two, three years. Next five years is great. Like, I feel like people are missing the essence of marriage. Like, the essence of marriage is you're, there's a bond, and, you know, we stick together through thick and thin. And that's what she's kind of missing. Like, I agree. If shit's getting bad, and it's really bad, and it's there's no looking up, there's no nothing wrong with moving on. But she's moving on a year and a half, two years in. Before, like, the marriage, that to me just screams that you can't deal with any type of confrontation. Why would I want to ever put a ring on your finger? Yeah. I mean, if, I mean, just think of your own parents. Like, I know, I mean, I know both your mom and dad, great people. Um, and I, I would give a shout out to the Hales family. 
great, great people. And like, and then also Chad's parents, great people. My parents, good people. Like I have sat there and seen, like I've seen the like struggles of a marriage, bro. Like I've seen it like, and, but I've also seen like my parents are in their sixties now. Like, bro, like they, the whole point of marriage is the real, it's the continuation of your relationship into a more pressurized quote unquote notion or name behind it that's all it is and like we we spoke about and you spoke about like i said earlier it's that financial agreement but it's also like when you say your vows that's why when people renew their vows like they they really mean that shit bro because like they're really trying to make sure this shit worked because i guarantee every single relationship i mean if you've been in any relationship it could be a six-month relationship could be fucking five year 10 year 15 who cares how long it's there's been a time where both parties have wanted to leave the chat to, to put it in a very s- simple way. There's been times, it's, it is what it is. It's not because they don't love them, they don't care about them, there's nothing, it's just what it is. But then they, they, a lot of these people realize it's worthwhile. Like you said, you can have two, three, four years of a bad stretch where it's not completely insufferable. Like, it's, an, it's a pretty shitty time, but then you get over that horizon where a lot of, basically all the parents I just mentioned right there four sets of parents are at that point now in their marriage where it's like, dude, this is like, I mean, you could do shit. I'm not even going to give a fuck at this point. Like, you can fuck off. Like, and it's fun at that point because they're not, like, really bothered by the little things that that person does. There's still things that are going to bother one another. There's still little ups and downs that are going to go there. But it's they, they know how each other work at a very high level. I guarantee you every single one of those parents I just listed, my parents, your parents, Duncan's parents, Chad's parents, and, and and without mentioning a bunch of other people that I don't know, like friends wise and their parents, I guarantee you, they probably could tell you every single tendency that their significant other has and why and how they work through it or what, what they do to deal with it when it happens. I guarantee it. Like I guarantee freaking it. There's no reason even people in relationship for an extended period of time that aren't married can do that. Like, let alone if you're married, if my, my parents just had their 27th anniversary. Uh, shout out, shout out, moms and dads. Congrats. Love y'all. Yeah, this is not too long ago. Like twenty-seven years is a long ass time, and they dated for six years prior to that, bro. They've been together for thirty-three years. Like that is an insane, a s- insane amount of time. But the thing is, it's not always gonna be sunshine and rainbows. This is for this is like for the folks that are out there, like listening for real, bro. Like. If you think this shit's gonna be sunshine and rainbow, and especially ladies, because I know nowadays you're you're you guys are feeling extra empowered, which you should, you should. There ain't nothing wrong with that. But know your line just as much as your man should know his line, or or whoever your partner is. You know, he, them, they, whatever, whatever you choose. They got their line too. Don't think that you're you're better than what you are. Know your worth, but don't don't over don't overstep. Don't overstep. Don't think you're worth more than what you are because you know you're worth. The, the only, the worst lie, the worst lie in the world is to lie to yourself. Don't lie to yourself, bro. You can lie to everybody else. I don't give a fuck if you lie to every single fucking person in your life. Don't lie to your damn self. Well, and, let me ask you ca- something. So we're talking from a marriage perspective, and I imagine most people listening to this podcast are not married. So uh, let's let's <laughs> talk. Let's try and relate it to them. Do you think that that same type of grace? That same type of, um, you know, let's work through this and see the other side translates to a relationship that, you know, does not have a ring on the finger, 
Do you think that, you know, it is okay to bounce as quickly? Or do you think that in a regular relationship with, you know, maybe they might be thinking about marriage, but it hasn't come up yet. Uh, should they also be given the same amount of grace and time to work it through? Well, without going into too much detail on my personal life, my personal opinion about this is so different. It can be different from everybody else's. And I think everyone else should have their own opinion, which is fine. But I, I think specifically, um, people are like, oh, like, you know, if you're with, like, being in a relationship for, like, four years, like, um, time isn't, like, a real measure. No, time is a measure, bro. Like, there's a lot of, there's a, time is a true measurement because the only thing you can't get back is the only 1,000% known non-renewable source of energy and or amount or quantity. It is the only thing we know for a fact right now. It could definitely change. Who knows? Um, but right now, I think that if, if you're the, if you're the one, and there's nothing wrong with this, like, and like, hear me out here when I'm saying this, if you're one of those types of people that like gets in like six month relationships and hops out, goes to the next one, waits a couple months, gets in another relationship for another six, seven, eight months, then gets in that, like, I think you're like, I think it's okay to like learn, but you should just date, not like, not like date, like as in like date, boyfriend, girlfriend, but like date and figure out what you want. And then when you are willing to take that leap of faith and be like, okay, look, I'm really going to give this a shot and, and fall forward and, and fail, fail forward. If that's the case, do it. And don't be sad or upset if it doesn't work out. If you did give it everything you had, like, don't be the one to say, oh, shit, we can't figure this out. Then uh, fuck it. Like, there's no point. Like, you, you're not you're not built for marriage, let alone a relationship. You need to you need to do some self-reflection respectfully. Like, it's not it's not even like a like a disrespectful thing. It's just the fact that I know there's people out there that don't understand what a relationship should be like. And I take a lot of my my own relationship things, like th things that I would want from a partner from my own parents relationship. And I think everyone does. And if you didn't have the state stability, like a lot of like some people don't have within like having a ha parents with a happy marriage, quote unquote, happy marriage and stuff, you don't have much to take from. But be a person of yourself. Be like what you want within your relationship. Be like, OK, like we've worked through a lot. We continue to work through a lot. Let's give it some time. Let me work through it. Let me work through it. I'm willing to suffer a little bit for, for a better outcome. Like, cause the hardest, the best things in this world come at a price. And typically it's a price of pain and suffering. It is what it is. If you want to get big and work, like when you work out, bro, working out is fun. Like it, it definitely can be fun, but nigga, if you want to get that, get yoked, like that shit is a lot of pain and suffering, bro. Like you are working your ass off to get to where you want to be physique wise. It's the same way with the relationship, man. And that's how I feel about it. I want I, I am curious to see how you feel about it because when it comes to relationships, I think they're important. I think if you have multiple, like, I think a lot of people should have multiple relationships, but some people are very fortunate to only have that one really long, long standing relationship and they run off that for the rest of their lives. And I think that's amazing too. So I'm curious to really see your point of view. Yeah, so I kind of agree uh, that, like, the dating stage and, you know, uh, some people get misconstrued where they think dating is the boyfriend-girlfriend thing. Dating's actually, you're going out on dates, you're hanging out. That is dating. <laughs> um, that is the dating stage. But I also, like, I think that maybe, I think Mia Khalifa's standpoint uh, is more suitable for, you know, relationships that don't have... Uh, an engagement or aren't in marriages yet. 
I think her standpoint there is more suitable for a regular relationship. Like, yeah, one thing's you can only pick up so much in the dating stage where you're going out and getting dinner and whatnot. The moment that you say, let's start dating, everything changes. Your mindset changes. Obligations change. Uh, the mm-hmm. way you're able to move change. So you can't really know, you know, what you're getting yourself into until you take that step. I'm someone who thinks that if you're going to start dating, that the goal of, you know, becoming boyfriend and girlfriend should be like, let's make this last. Like, I don't understand people who become boyfriend, girlfriend just for the fuck of it. Oh, we've been hanging out. Like, let's do it. Like, if you couldn't see that lasting, why, why would you commit to it? But, um, and for me, but like, once you are committed in that relationship, if there's no engagement, if you're not married and you know, you don't see it transpiring, I see no problems with ditching it soon. Like, but don't just be ditching it just to be ditching it. And when you ditch it, don't just hop into another relationship because you can't be single. I can't stand (laughs) when people hop in relationships just because they can't be single. Like, it's okay to be single, my guy, or whoever is listening to this. You will be okay. Just chill out. Um, but if you're going to get in a relationship, yeah, you got you can don't be scared to leave that relationship if it's not suiting your needs for the long term, especially people who are closer to me and uh Sterling's age. You know, we're getting to that age now where if it's not suiting any long-term needs, you need to bounce as soon as possible cuz like Sterling said, Time is of the essence and you're not going to get it back at this. You're not going to get it back. And it's only limiting at this standpoint in life. So, you know, if you're going to hop in a relationship and you don't see that that person has suitable needs for a marriage, then I think you should leave uh, the moment you realize that. And every time that you do that, you'll you'll find that the dating you'll find that you'll get in relationships with people who are probably more suitable for your marriage because you know exactly what you're looking for you won't even entertain the people that don't like suit majority of the needs that you have now people when i say this i want you to know that i do not mean that every time you go and date somebody you should be looking for someone to check off all your boxes they will never check off all your boxes And I'm also here to tell you, you don't even know all your boxes. You got boxes that you think you know, this is what I need. And the right person is going to come by and it's going to be a whole different set of boxes. And you didn't know, damn, those were the boxes I needed checked off this whole time. That's just how it goes. So don't try it. I hate like a lot of people today and in today's day and age, and I think it's a lot of females in particular are trying to find the perfect person, the person that checks off all the boxes. We already know you want 1% men. So ladies, you know, if they say they listen to the After Dark podcast, just know they're one percenters because we tell them every week. (laughs) Or at least they're striving to be one percenters because we tell them every week. But uh, they're not going to check off every single box. Stop trying to get the perfect person. If you're not the perfect person that checks off every single box, do some self-reflection. You're probably not going to land someone who checks off every single box. It's as simple as that. Date somebody who has the quality needs that could suit you and a long-term as a long-term partner. Uh, be open to different boxes being checked that you didn't know would be suitable for you. And I feel like everyone would be better off 
that way. And, you know, if you're in a relationship and there hasn't been marriage talking about you, are not engaged and it's not suiting you, feel free to dip. That's uh, that's kind of where I stand on it. So I feel like we're kind of feel like we're kind of pretty similar in what we're yeah. what we're saying there for the I, most part. I wanted to make one last point before we move on here, because I definitely think this is we we don't talk about dating on the show a lot. Like because I mean, we try to keep it lighthearted and fun, you know, and we do get serious when we need to get serious. I mean, I think we do a good job in balancing that. I, I don't think that's ever been an issue for us at all. What I will say is, is I do believe that the the problem we run into nowadays is like for example like you and i are well i'm 26 in three hours but like the thing is at our age now either you're in a long-standing relationship you either are married about to get married like or so sorry you're in a long-standing relationship probably right long-standing relationship you are engaged or you're already married and the people that are, and then there's the single people, right? And the people that are single are going to find it harder because with today's culture, with the hookup culture and what it is, it's people are, they're saying, oh, I'm looking for a lot of people. And I'm, and I'm, and I don't mean to like be like coming at the ladies like this, but like a lot of ladies like, oh, I'm looking for the right man. No, 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 no. You want to hook up just as much as everybody else does. Like everybody loves like the, it's, it's the sin of, it's the flesh. Like where we are like, we can't help it. It's the flesh. We we love it. Like we're addicted to it. We can't help it. It is what it is. We're human beings. What I will say is, is that if you really want to find what you want, I think there's one thing that you do, and I think it's really important for everybody to do this. There should just be a couple non-negotiables, not like a crazy amount of non-negotiables, like not some crazy non-negotiable, like he can't be like, he can't have size 12 shoes or bigger or like like that's just fucking like obscene but like it's like okay look i really want to have kids one day like i really do i want to make sure i'm with somebody that values like having a child and if they're not open to it then i want to or if they're not like ready for it then that's fine right but i want to know that they'd at least be open to the idea of that and then it's like oh like i want to be able to travel x y and z places if you can't find someone that doesn't want to do that and doesn't isn't open to it, that ain't the one for you. No matter how hot or attractive they can be, bro, it's just what it is. And some that's where I think a lot of nowadays that hookup culture has gone into like relationships where it's like, oh, I find you attractive, you find me attractive, let's date. And then they can't find a happy meeting because they disagree on so many different levels. The point of a relationship is growing together. And when you can grow together, that really brings a lot of strength. That's what those are the hardest couples. Those are the most loyal, loyal couples. And those are the hardest couples to break apart. Those those couples that you probably look at. I'm sure you got friends like this just as much as I do. But it's like, damn, like, I can't wait for that wedding. Like, that's gonna be a cool like that's gonna be really excited to see like people say that about you without you knowing that if you're in one of those types of relationships and you may not even know it unless they tell you to your face. So for the ladies. Be cognizant for the guys. Don't be too fucking picky because, like, let's be honest, bro. Like, if you're not a one percenter, you are not getting that ten out of ten, bro. I mean, you can shoot your shot, but like, the ten out of ten ain't gonna fuck with you, bro. I'm sorry, like, she ain't gonna do it. Like, <laughs> she, if she ain't fucking with a one percent podcaster, she definitely ain't fucking with you, dog. Like, it's just what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna be honest. But that being said, we're moving to a little light. I don't, I don't know what is. I don't know if it's necessarily like more lighthearted, but it's not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, but that being said, I don't know if the folks had heard our, excuse me, 
for, excuse me, former United States President V. Barack Hussein Obama's chef mysteriously drowned in a shallow pond paddleboarding. He was paddleboarding in a shallow pond and he drowned. <laughs> I don't want to laugh because that's fucked up. Um, is this a nothing, a nothing burger freak accident? <laughs> or is this just like a freak accident for you folks out there? Or is this more of the story? Is, is there more to the story when it comes to this being that Obama chef somehow randomly is paddleboarding in a shallow pond? He's a grown ass. They're a grown ass adult, bro. A grown ass adult. It ain't like they can't even like they can't stand up. And they're dead. I'm curious. One. I want to hear you guys' thoughts in the comments on YouTube and all the, all the other social platforms. One, I want to hear you guys' response to this. I feel like it'd be fun. I feel like it's cute. Well, not cute, but Jesus. I, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it'd be interesting to hear you guys' thoughts and how you elaborate on it. Or is there more like a conspiracy behind this? Because we have been only conspiracy kick for the this episode for sure. 22. I'm feeling super 22 today, baby. Call me Taylor Swift. 22. Um... <laughs> But I want to hear what your thoughts are on it, Mike, because I know this is something that you put into the docket. Um, and I want to kind of kind of base a lot of not base what I say off of it, but like understand it a little bit better before I kind of delve deeper into it. Because I have my thoughts, but um, I'm just curious. Well, you know me. When <laughs> faced with the conspiracy, I'm all ears and I'm open minded. And this one, my friend, this one has conspiracy written all over it to me. And it pains me because, you know, power to my brother, Barack Obama. But sometimes we niggas, we be on some bullshit too. <laughs> we'll be on some bullshit. And it was black on black crime. So, so I got to call it out to me. The biggest thing for me, first of all, is we heard the story one day and it was gone the next. And no Wait. one's ever talked about that again. Now, I imagine that if it was going to be such a big story when we first heard it, that if it was just a simple death that they would talk about it more and maybe they would do more for it. And maybe, uh, they would honor him in some way. Maybe we might see a collage of some of his best dishes or something. I don't know. I feel like the Barack's would do something nice to the honor Barack, the Obama's, uh, the, the, the Obama's my bad, my bad, my bad. The Barack. Uh, I feel like they would have done something, you know, kind of nice. It just seems kind of like, their steeds, what they would do. But we heard he died in a shallow pond and then it was gone. So when I was doing some looking on it on Twitter, funny enough, I found this nigga swimming like Michael Phelps in a nine foot fucking pool. Looking like if he fell off a paddleboard in a shallow pond, he could swim. Or maybe even, I don't know, stand the fuck up. <laughs> or he might have the wherewithal to grab onto the paddleboard. 
but that's just me. Second thing I noticed, it happened right on their property when they were conveniently not at home. And there was an eyewitness. So if there was an eyewitness, you know, why can't we get a more elaborate story on how this guy who was swimming like Michael Phelps in a nine-foot pool fell off his paddleboard and couldn't swim back up to the top, grab his paddleboard, or stand up? <laughs> so all I'm saying is I feel like he's been with the Obamas through it all. They said he was there in the White House. They offered him a full-time chef position because they loved him so much. And so he's seen it all. My guess and what I've been seeing around there is that maybe not only did he know too much, but he was willing to share a little. I've heard that or I've seen that, you know, it was a passion project of his to write a book. I'd imagine that book would be very telling, <laughs> very telling. I'd imagine he's probably not writing about all the fun times that he had on his weekends off from the Obamas. I'd imagine that majority of that book would probably be about the Obamas. And there's probably some stuff in there that Barack said. Boop, 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 boop. Yeah, he made that good ass fried chicken. But we're going to have to off this nigga because we could get Popeyes for free for life. So we don't need this nigga like this. They probably read that rough draft and was like, oh, so that's what you want, my nigga? Oh, okay. He probably wasn't even thinking, bro. He probably wasn't even thinking. Like, dog was probably like, oh, I'm going to show Barack. Like, because, you know, he loves to read. Because they do. Like, I will say, and one of the things about following the Obama... Actually, I don't follow either one of the Obamas, but I do see them on like, my Discover page and like Instagram and you know other stuff. They're very, very like knowledgeable about pop culture, about everything that's going on. Very updated with like the latest books and just good book recommendations. Like they're very knowledgeable people. Like from what I can tell, both him and Michelle, very both very knowledgeable people. And they're very, they're very smart. That is that is for damn sure. They're very smart individuals. But he's probably like, oh, let me let me show Barack and. Michelle, like, oh, what I, what I put together. They're probably, like, because they, I'm sure he probably told them, like, yeah, I'm writing a book, and, like, I'm really excited. Like, probably, oh, like, probably asked him what it's about. Oh, it's just about my life and just what, how it's been and all this stuff. Oh, cool. <laughs> awesome. And they're already probably thinking, shit's probably turning their head like, oh, no, nah, this nigga, uh, he better not put my fucking name in that, babe. Keep your name, keep my name out that motherfucking book. It better be a motherfucking food recipe book. <laughs> <laughs> it better be a recipe book, not because it should be. Look, as you chop it down on his fucking like perfect asparagus and salmon, it's going crazy. But yes, it definitely has some some weird strings attached to it. Where I'm concerned to the fact because there's always been like people like oh like Obama's a link to like those higher power folks and like those people that we don't know. Those people, because there's no way a black president could have been in all this, that, and the other. Bruh, whatever is in that book, whatever's in that tell-all, as they describe it, tell-all book, something could have been, and I guarantee it wasn't like something directly, right? It wasn't a direct thing where like, oh my gosh, 
Michelle's an actually a man or like these types of things, but things that can be insinuated about the Obamas based on what they were said that was said in the book and people's minds. That's the thing about books, it's just like the Bible, anything. You it's built for interpretation. That's what entertains you. That's what makes you curious. That's what makes you learn. It probably went that, against public perception, is my guess. Yes. And we know the Obamas as being one of the most beloved people. I mean, granted, for the people that just hate black people, yes, obviously not beloved by them. But like some of the most beloved in like fam one of the most beloved families in the world. Not just in the country, in the world. They are worldwide phenomenon, especially when he was in the White House. That was just an insane time for those folks that were very like into it. But yes, if it when it gets public perception, you talking about you trying to put Barack and Michelle and even maybe his kids, like in in a bad light. You think Barack's gonna let that happen, bro? <laughs> Hell no. You think Bar like he was at one point literally the most powerful man, quote unquote, in the world, as they say for every president. Crazy to think we had we've had Donald Trump and Joe Biden in that same position. Um, whew, fucking a man. Um, but yes, you really think he's gonna let that happen? I don't. I mean, dude, if if you're if you're someone that doesn't believe in conspiracy theories, this is the one thing you should believe in because it doesn't make logical sense. Based off of what Michael said, where the man is swimming just fine, swimming like a beast, he could have been in the Olympic gold medal race with Michael Phelps. And like, I don't. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And for it doesn't. And for some of y'all out there who think that I might be calling Barack Obama out. You got me no. twisted, son. I think this shit G as fuck. <laughs> I think this shit G as fuck. This is more respect for Barack on some real shit. On some real shit, this is what happened when a nigga become president, dog. Like, oh, word? You gonna write a book, my nigga? Oh, word? You gonna tell him it's four inches, my nigga? <laughs> Were <laughs> you just gonna put it out there like that, my nigga? Oh hell no. Nah. Oh hell no, nah. cause you really got it fucked up. You I can see Barack being like on the phone, nah, you got it fucked up, nigga, cause I really throw that shit up, my nigga. <laughs> I really throw that shit up. You don't Dude. really know. I was really like that back in the day. <laughs> I ain't talking about basketball, bro. I'm talking about that range. You saw me out there. Yeah. Like I'm about it. Bro. I'm about that shit. shit. That's one call. You call nine one one and they come save your ass. I call nine one one and they come kill your ass, my nigga. <laughs> There's difference. The There's levels to this shit. No, nah, that's the and I think it's a very th crazy thing because I it's just like the JFK. There's so many things that we don't know as a as the public, and we this is we kind of we'll never know. Yeah, and we'll never know. We, we kind of got in this bag about the aliens thing the other day or like the non-biological whatever, you know, however they're describing it, whatever, that the United States has known about for years and, you know, it's all based around money. But when you're talking about, like I said, you can't but tell all books if you're fucking with somebody in the government, bro. Like, I'm just going to let that be known. Like, dude, tell all books. It, like, Donald Trump had about 150 tell-all books. People just writing like, ah, yeah, blah, blah, blah. Bro. Those shits, they, they were a hit for like a week and then they were gone. They were gone, bro. Like, it's like, 
it's like that shit. Like this is a top selling book, New York best, be, New York Times bestseller. Like nigga, every book is a New York Times bestseller, bro. It seems like <laughs> every ass. book, like like I could write a book and be like New York Times bestseller, Sterling's <laughs> dick. Like, I mean, bro, like you could write it about anything. And then like if the if the public or whoever the higher parts are, or they've been told like, oh, we don't like that. It will not even exist, my man. Why do you think the book? Um, what is it? How to how to gain power? Or how to become more confident? Influence people? I can't remember the name of the book off the top of my head. Uh, how, how to, to win people? Then. How to win uh, people and how to win and influence people or something like that? Yeah, how to win and influence people. Why do you think that book is so popular? Because higher powers want you to understand this. Because these diggers know if you get to a higher power, they be like, oh yeah, then he just go listen to what the fuck we said. They don't listen <laughs> to what the fuck we said. We already know how to do this shit. Like we all on this shit. I'm telling you, and also, by the way, if you guys haven't, I, I actually just recently started reading that book, um, How to Win and Influence People. Fucking crazy manipulation in that bitch. It's a good book. I got it. I got it. I got it as well. I think I've read halfway through it, but I, I never finished it. I should go back and, well, I should probably start it from the beginning again, but it is a really good book. Bro, if y'all, for the guys out there, and even for the ladies out there, um, no matter what your preferences, you know, buy straight, non, non, whatever, blah, 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 all the other fucking denominations of what. Now, nah, if you want to know how to gaslight, bro, read that book. I'm not fucking joking. I'm not joking. <laughs> Gaslighting like, I, at its finest. I'm, I'm not joking. I, I didn't mean to get off topic here, but I was saying this the other day. Genuinely, I do some of the stuff that's in that book before reading it. And it's when I'm trying to manipulate people, like in my own work, like what I do to get someone to like believe or want to do something or but like think this is the right thing like it's fucked up it's fucked up but dude that's the way the world works but back to the point the world is ran by obviously very powerful people and barack obama's is one of them i just think it's wild like you said that whole thing about somebody like being able to swim just fine in a nine-foot pool and be sprinting like going and now he drowned in like a four or five foot pond. Nah, nigga, you you got me absolutely fucking wasted because there ain't no fucking way. Like, I'm not the I am not a sports swimmer. Like, bro, I would not drown in a fucking five foot pond. <laughs> nah, bro, no. Way. Like nobody I would can. Paddleboard next nobody time. can. No, exactly. There was three options: swim, stand up, grab the paddleboard. And apparently, I'm assuming that they can do all three of those things. <laughs> if he was a chef, I know damn well he could fucking use his hands. And you know I what know else, too, well. now that I'm thinking about it? If this was at their house, you mean to tell me there's places on this property that's under no surveillance at all? Yeah. I don't, that's I, I, don't I don't believe that for a second. I, I bet every blade of grass on that property has some surveillance on that motherfucker they know when an ant rolled up in that bitch <laughs> so you mean to tell me this nigga drowned in a pond in a shallow ass pond and nobody saw that shit and could help my bro nah i'm not jocking it um that i'm just not jocking it nah man Look, I love me some Obama. I love Barack. He's the he, I actually wanted to be the first black president when I was a kid. Like that was a goal of mine. And then he I wanted to be the first me. black Spider-Man. We both got screwed. <laughs> what you what? said? What? 
I'm just yo, saying we both shit, got yo. screwed, bro. Well, my shit's a little bit more realistic than fucking Spider-Man for you guys out there that are thinking. Well, I meant acting, dumbass. Oh, my bad. <laughs> my <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> I was like, this nigga really wanted to be a real life Spider-Man. No, I didn't want to be a real life Spider-Man. I always said I was gonna be an acting Spider-Man. Bro, did you did you have you heard about people that have like let spiders bite them to fucking like try to become Spider-Man and shit? It's actually wild, bro. You Your ass should this. you should I hope they died. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, these people were dying, bro. They were dying. Good, they deserve to die. That's survival they had them to the best. They be they be having like black widows, like these poisonous ass fucking spiders biting them like like that would be Spider-Man. Like, nah, they weren't meant to make dead. it in this world, bro. I'm I'm glad they I'm glad they're in a better life. Hopefully, not trying to be fucking Spider-Man. <laughs> nah, man, but that is wild. I definitely for the folks that don't don't aren't aren't uh two things to take away from that segment. One, there's some fucking a lot, some powerful, scary people out there. Two, read uh how to win and influence people. Actually don't read it because I'd love to be able to fucking manipulate you too, to be frank. Um but that's just what we're going off of there. In other news, my man Kai Sinat, one of the most popular pop culture names in the business right now. Guy has over a hundred million tip or hundred hundred thousand Twitch subscribers. Do the math for you guys. A Twitch subscription at a bare minimum is five dollars. They get about three fifty, three dollars and fifty cent per subscription. He is making nearly three hundred fifty thousand dollars a month just before taxes, just off of the subscriptions that he gets. That does not include donations, any other ads he runs, anything like that. He's any other he's platforms he's on. Any other any other platform. He's making buku money. And this man ain't but a but a, but five but about five four. But he's the funniest nigga, one of the funniest niggas. But niggas he's a I one know. percenter. Yeah, he's a true one percenter, bro. And it sucks because, damn, really, it'd just be anybody nowadays. <laughs> uh, but Kai Sinat held a, actually a meet and greet. Him and uh, Phantom did, uh, which is also a part of the AMP AMP group. Uh, it's got Duke Dennis, all them boys. Look it up if you ain't, if you're not. Uh, shout out those guys. You can look them up on YouTube, but watch our video first. Um, meet and greet giveaway in new york city bro first off i before i even get to the topic it's wild that this even happened before i even say what happened these niggas really did a meet and greet giveaway it was for like uh ps5s all types of shit bro and due to this and the popularity of kai and phantom not gonna uh, you know downplay phantom at all because he's pretty fucking popular too they caused a massive, uncontrollable riot in the process. They were arrested later. And I just want us to, like, talk about this and just figure out, like, what the hell? Because I saw this, like, this week. I was like, what the fuck? Because I saw it was like, Kostanat was arrested. I was like, what? Like, he does not seem like the type of dude to get into, like, criminal shit. Like, I'm sure... Like most people, like that are from like New York. I mean, no offense to folks from New York. If you were born and raised in New York and you weren't in the nice parts, you probably stole or did something like that before. Just to be frank, it's just an easier place to do it. But I want to see your thoughts, like on this, because this is wild. First off, actually, I'm gonna give my thoughts. Fuck that. Yeah, go for it. It's one, like I said, it's already crazy that Tyson and, and Phantom and a a Amp in general, AMP, whatever you want to call them, have this type of pool, bro. It is insanity 
Yes, they were giving away like PS5s and shit. So like I get it, bro. Like PS5s are like six hundred bucks. Like I love me a free PS5 too. Um, but nah, bro. To, and then for them to get arrested because they did a giveaway that they, and it's like they're basically what I uh, what I equated to is like the the Donald Trump of uh, uh, January sixth uh, in insur- insurrection. Right, like everybody knows about this. Like, if you don't know about it, dude, like, get from under a fucking rock. Like, I mean, seriously, like, let's get real. It's honestly one of the most like infamous days in United States history at this point. Like, and it's been played up to be that way, but it definitely is an infamous day because there was a couple, there was a death involved in it with people that were trying to do just do their jobs. Um, but the way that they were trying to play it out from my from my perspective, just looking outside, looking in, is they're trying to make it seem like, okay, like, because the whole point about the insurrection is that Donald Trump acted like he didn't incite these people to do everything they did on January the 6th. Whereas, this is a normal thing, not necessarily normal, but this is a thing that a lot of Twitch streamers or just very high, like, big, big creators do on platforms. They'll do giveaways in public places, and they'll let people know and it'll be like a big thing. It'll be cool. You know, like, oh, you get to meet them. You get to do a meet and greet, get some sign. Like, it's a cool thing. Like, you get to meet some these, some of these people look up to them, which is, I think, is super awesome. But from my understanding, they're like, okay, they organized this riot. They organized it. This was not a giveaway. This was actually a riot that they, inc- they incited upon their, uh, upon their viewers and fans. Whereas I just see it as two black guys that have good money and are extremely popular and people wanting free shit. It's just a combination of two things. And the, and just so happens the two black guys get arrested because they were doing something out of, I'm not necessarily the kindness of their hype because they're writing this shit off when they give the shit away. Like, I'm not saying, like, they ain't stupid. They got accountants, bro. They're like, oh, you can write this shit off. Just go do it. Like you think they just gonna give away thousands and hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of shit and they ain't gonna write that shit off? Like, nah. I think what happened. Uh, uh, were, were you done? Yeah, I was uh, done. I was kind of going on a little bit of rant there. I think what happened is one, Kaisenat, he figured out exactly how big he was, mm-hmm. and I don't think maybe he knew what kind of pool he had. Like, obviously. He knows that he's big, but I was watching an interview with uh, him and Lil Yachty on Lil Yachty's new podcast, and he doesn't even consider himself famous. So that kind of kind of is a deep dive into his mindset of where he kind of views himself on the hierarchy of celebrities. And I'm here to tell you that, you know, we got to start putting some more respect on YouTubers, Twitch streamers. All these type of people, we don't hold them in the same celebrity light as like musicians and actors and actresses. When in all reality, these YouTube stars and these Twitch stars are probably in a lot of cases bigger than a bunch of these artists. People tune in and watch these guys, especially Twitch streamers, daily, all day long. Kaisenat. They have conversations. They have conversations with these people via chat. On a yeah, they're like, basis. they're like. They're like part of your group, your friend group. Kaisenat literally live streamed the whole month of February. There were people tuning in to watch this nigga sleep. 
He is bigger than life at this point. He's the biggest Twitch streamer in the world. He's bigger than life. And so when he says he's going to New York, and not just for a meet and greet, but to give away PS5s where it looked like... <laughs> Where it looked like a nothing but a bunch of broke ass niggas was pulled up trying to get a free PS5. Let's keep it a buck. That's what it was. Nothing but a bunch of broke ass niggas trying to get that piece free PS5 and also maybe a little picture with Kai Sinat or do or get sturdy with Kai Sinat uh while they're at it. And so and then it just seemed like this whole riot. Like I I couldn't even see, I couldn't find like what really set it off? Like what? Like what happened? Like I guess like from what I understood too is before he was even able to really kind of like get in the middle of that shit, it was already going fucking crazy. Um, and you know, New York is not the place. New York will lock you up. They'll find a reason to lock you up if some shit pop off. And they needed an escape go. Too much shit happened. There was fucking. People smashing cars, starting to loot places again. I saw, uh, I saw some wash. I saw two cops smash this fucking this poor fucking kid, dude. This nigga was innocent. There was a bunch of people fucking beating this uh, like a taxi van, and this nigga was just standing there, and they all scattered around, and he looked lost, and he turned around, and these cops took his face and smashed it into the fucking back of the windshield, and that shit shattered. I was like, oh, fuck. He was like, I didn't even do anything. He's like, he's like, that dude is traumatized, bro. Uh, so they had to pin it on somebody because there was too much damage. There was too much shit going on. And you know the way the law works, like, regardless if it's right or so, right or not, if some shit pops off, we got to pin it on someone. Just like we were talking about Tory Lanez earlier, some shit popped off because Megan don't know how to hold it down. And, she, you know, she might have a little hole in her foot. Goddamn. Whatever. She can still walk. She clearly still twerking shit because she did that like a week afterwards. But we got to pin it on somebody. Somebody's got to take the fall. And clearly it had to be Kai in this situation. Um, but regrettably so because I don't feel like he did anything wrong. There's videos of Kai helping people out. There's the one girl. She couldn't breathe. He was sitting down with her trying to talk her through her try to talk her through it, help her out. He put her on her back and got her out of the crowd and whatnot. It was a, it was a nice gesture that got out of hand. But Kai, my boy, I'm going to need you to listen to me, my dog. You're the biggest Twitch streamer in the world. Quit this whole I'm not famous fucking humble bullshit, my nigga. You really him. <laughs> you really him. You can't just pull up and say I'm going to give free PS5s and think that these broke-ass, dusty niggas ain't about to come out there on some ratchet-ass shit to get these PS5s. He, he probably had like 50 of them in there, and there was fucking thousands of people over there. You think they were just going to let you hand like one raggedy-ass nigga some PS5s, and they were going to go home empty-handed on some bullshit? Like, hell nah. They were going to get the theirs. They were going to fucking nah, get dude. theirs. It's it's wild because like I'm thinking about it in the capacity of what it was. It's like, bro. Like, yeah, I I mean I really do like Kai Sinat as a personality. Like I think he's a really cool type of person to be a creator in this day and age, because he is a really wholesome guy. Like I do give him that. He's fun, like 
he's always been himself from the start. You can look back at old Twitch streams that he did. Like, he's been the same person for so long, bro. And it's not like he's changed. There's super wholesome moments, like, when he hit certain, like, milestones, talking to his mom on the phone and, like, all these things. Like, he's a really good person from the outside, right? I don't know him personally, but just from what I see, he's a good. he seems like a good kid, like, genuinely, like a good kid. Um, and has a good head on his shoulders. He was raised well, but yeah, you gotta you gotta take some you gotta take bro. Like you've been the biggest Twitch streamer for the past seven eight months. You you surpassed XQC, who has been the biggest Twitch streamer for God knows how long. Like crushing XQC, crushing him. Like you're not just beating, you're crushing him. And when you can get any and every single fucking celebrity you want to talk to on the phone, hi, bro. Like, don't be so naive, bro. I know you're still young. Like, don't be naive. You can just pull up and call Yachty or call fucking call call 21, call little baby. Like, dude, regular celebrities can't even do that, bro. Like, pretty big celebrities can't even do that. And they won't even fuck with them. Exactly. Unless you drape. Unless you Drake, because Drake is Drake. Honestly, DJ Khaled's got that type of pool too, which is insane. But not that type of pool where, oh, I'm giving doing a giveaway, like come to my shit. But like, and it's also Kaiser Nat's like home state. Like he's from New York. Like that's like his place. Like he's a New Yorker. Dog, you go to your home, your stopping, your 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 stopping grounds, and you think you ain't about to have some shit pop off. Come on, God, man. And like Mike said, bro, you really thought you were going to have, like, 50, 60 PS5s in there and these niggas weren't coming to fucking bag or shoot up or kill somebody for that damn PS5? Like, they going to, there, there were people in there like, dog, I ain't going to wait in line. I'm just going to wait outside and fucking fuck somebody up when I get to... Uh, there were people who probably said, yo, as soon as this shit get packed, let's fucking start some fucking bullshit. Let's start this riot. Because we definitely not about to get one of those PS5s. But once this shit get lit and whatnot, I can go hit up Best Buy, smash the window, and go grab me a PS5. It'll be all cool because 10 other niggas are doing it too. Dude, it's, it's, just, it's insane. And I hate to be like this guy and like being a person of color, which I have no no shame of at all. Love, love my skin. Love my culture. But niggas really do just be breaking shit for no damn reason imagine now, those are new york up. niggas bro if he was in raleigh nah. or some shit it would it wouldn't yeah. be no niggas doing that nah it'd just be like it's wild because like the imagine you're just a taxi driver going along your day got you a little passenger in the back of <laughs> fucking body on the fucking go- oh shit and it's just a little indian guy just like I'm just trying to make my damn money, bro. Like oh. he's, they're literally just doing their job, and like I feel for it. I mean, I'm sure it'll all pan out. Like, I mean, I'm I don't think he'll be like. No, nah, he'll be good. Be he'll further. be good. No, there won't be any further stuff. But I mean, like, dog, he's on. A, you're on a whole other planet, Kai. Like, you really are like an inspiration for a lot of young kids out there. Like, he definitely targets like that medium, like 15, 16 year old range, really well. Um. And even like a guy like me who's a little older, like I do like watching him when I do have a chance to just take a peek and like kind of see what he's talking about. Cause he'd be having hella famous people and then he'd be talking to some fine ass women sometimes. Oh, yeah. fucking him and Aiden be, be talking to some fine. Yeah. Hell yeah. Got that guy. Got that guy. Look, and Dog made a whole, he made God. He made it. He made that. 
like he doesn't realize he made a whole trend. Like, if you're making whole trends, bro, you ain't no just regular ass nigga, bro. No, you, you aren't a regular ass nigga. You're him. You little five foot. Four I mean, you guy might be half 30. of him, but you, you know, you still him. <laughs> bro, I got mad respect. If I had the pleasure of meeting you, I'd tell you. But like, dude, I got mad respect for you. But just don't be fucking delusional when it comes to this shit. Like, it's really like you really are that guy. You're that guy. You are the guy in content creation, aside from like really like Mr. Beast or like uh, PewDiePie when it comes to content creation, point blank, period, bro. Like, and even PewDiePie ain't got that type of pool or Mr. Beast ain't got that type of pool. Like, nigga, like Mr. Beast can pull up the Raleigh and like people, like, like he just gives away money and niggas ain't gonna riot to them white folks, bro. Them white folks, they be just like, <laughs> yeah, they're not gonna. Nah, niggas, bro, when niggas fuck with you, it's a whole different type of love, bro. They be giving you love. Like, we're going to destroy all your shit. We love you, bro. We, <laughs> we love, love you. you, bro. We go in the name of Kai. We go this. We going to burn this bitch <laughs> to the motherfucking ground, dog. He could have told, told people, like, hey, can y'all go to Washington, D.C., burn down the Washington Monument? I swear to God, they'll do it, bro. Oh, I swear dude, to he's God. He's got that power. He's got that power. But... In that in that case, love love that man. That's it's just the funny that you you talk <laughs> the innocent kick in his head bash. I haven't seen that video. I'm gonna go look at it after. This, I'll, I'll fucking send that, it to you, dude. That shit is probably just like I'm like I just imagine like my I imagine myself in that situation like what the fuck is going on? You just <laughs> that you would just be just my, my fucking luck, bro. Yeah, you, you just ruined my face for the rest of my life, and you really like really out here just like fuck it, but. On a lighter note, we got some sports on the dock for the day. As Michael prefaced earlier, so the NFL season is finally here, man. I'm fucking stoked. I know Big Mike's got some. Well, he's a Cowboys fan, so season's already over. It's like being a Yankees fan, man. I mean, I'm a Yankees fan. It's New Yorkers are worse than Dallas, but Dallas Cowboys fans are some of the worst. They, they're top five worst fans in the world, or like in any sport. We know this. Um, we don't know this, but, but okay. But we'll let it pass. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so we're going to go and give our, give our, get our way into like really who the early top five power rankings are. I'm curious to see. I'm sure you already, you've been thinking about this shit probably like since the fucking first preseason game start, probably like fucking three months prior. But when the draft happened, he's like, oh, yep, mm-hmm, top five, top five team. Um, I'm curious to see because I, I think I have a pretty good idea of who I think my top five is power rankings-wise way too early, but I think it'll stick pretty true as long as there's no injuries. But the NFL is all about in- injuries now, so who knows. So um, I'll start with five. Uh-huh. Um, and where I'll go with, and actually, you know, when you say I've probably think about this for a while, I can't, I've been thinking about it, but I, I haven't been able to decide. That's the thing. I've been like moving it around every time here. So this, this is probably going to be my top five for this exact moment, because every time I think about it, I rearrange something. So, yeah. um, my top five to start off Number five for me will have to be the Cincinnati Bengals. 
Cincinnati Bengals is number five, and this has an asterisk, an asterisk next to it. Because Joe Burrow has a calf strain. He tweaked his calf. And one thing we know about calf strains is that that is a lingering injury. He's not going to be allowed to have the time for that calf to really get healed to where it doesn't linger again because he's in a tough division. He's in a division with the Ravens, the Steelers, the Browns, who I believe all playoff potential teams. So he's going to have to get his ass back out there, and that injury could re-aggravate itself throughout the season, which if Joe Burrow goes down, they're no longer top five. So uh, my number five is the Cincinnati Bengals. Between Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, um, the whole receiving core from, you know, T. Higgins, you got Joe Mixon, defense is solid, offensive line's a little shaky, but they got the experience. They've been there. They've done that. They've been in the Super Bowl. I know they're itching to get back. They've been in the AFC Championship game. I think they're the one team on the AFC side, or not the one team, but, you know, they're kind of like the rivalry to uh, the Chiefs. And I feel like that's saying something. I had them at number five. Uh, I think they're going to be a good team, but I don't see them quite getting over the hump this year. Uh, number four. At number four, I have the Baltimore Ravens. And the Baltimore Ravens are my dark horse Super Bowl team. And the reason being is they were almost in the AFC Championship game last year with Tyler Huntley. But now they're getting Lamar Jackson back, and I believe Lamar Jackson is set up to have his best season of his career. He now has – Which is insane. It's insane. Which is insane to say. Insane. It could be better than that MVP year, which was video game-like. He mm-hmm. now has Odell Beckham lined up that he could throw it to, which Odell Beckham's one of the highest regarded receivers uh, in the NFL. Uh, you know, we he was his time in New York speaks for itself. The Browns, he had Baker Maker, Baker Mayfield throwing to him. What did you want him to do? He did the best he possibly could with that fucking progressive or whatever the fuck. This dude lived at the fucking uh he apparently lived at the stadium but didn't ever practice no throws or something. I don't know what the fuck's wrong with Baker. This <laughs> nigga's ass. But it's the Browns. Nobody's going to make the Browns that great. Hopefully Deshaun Watson, well, you know, Deshaun, you know, if he's not getting too many massages, he might have a chance to make it a little better. But the, <laughs> but Lamar Jackson, uh Odell Beckham, they just drafted Zay Flowers, they have Rashad Bateman, obviously J.K. Dobbins is still there. Defense is solid. Coaching with John Harbaugh is solid. They're consistently a playoff team. They got experience. They know exactly what they're doing. Um, with all the receiving core and all the speed they have on receiving, not to mention they have Mark Andrews. I forgot to mention him. All the speed they got is they you can't load up the box. All it's going to do is allow Lamar – and J.K. Dobbins, the space to run the ball whenever they want to. And right when you think, oh, this nigga only runs, he's going to hit Odell Beckham on a slant or Zay Flowers on a go, Rashad Bateman on a deep post. It's easy money. I think they're set up to, uh, especially with Joe Burrow's injury that I mentioned earlier, to win that division and possibly uh, be the team to you know contest the Chiefs later on the line because we know what the Chiefs do. 
the third team on my power ranking is the one and only Dallas Cowboys. And the reason why I have the Dallas Cowboys see you smiling, but we are rightfully so at the third at the third spot. But you know what? I digress. We have who I believe will it will be unanimous unanimously known at the end of next season, the best defensive player in the league. And I think he will be unanimous unanimously known as the best defensive player in the league for years to come in Michael Parsons. I think Michael Parsons is a young stud. And after this season, everyone will know that he is the fucking guy when it comes to defense, the generational talent that, you know, we haven't seen anything like this before from Michael Parsons. He's already on that kind of trajectory with having 26 and a half stats or 26 and a half sacks in his first two seasons, being behind only uh, Von Miller and um, I believe it was J.J. Watt and one other person. I'm drawing a blank at the moment. But we got better. We were already one of the top teams last year. Yes, we went down to the 49ers, who were also one of the top teams last year. But we got significantly better. <laughs> who A rookie who was beating people by 17 and a half points and was scoring 35 points a game. But, you know, that's besides the point. We're, this is my top five, all right? This is my top five. Uh, so we're we're getting better. We got much better. We got Stephon Gilmore lined up across the side from Trayvon Diggs. Who are you going to throw the ball to? Take your pick, my nigga. The, one of the uh, previous defensive players of the year or Trayvon Diggs, who is a walking INT anytime you lob the ball up to that nigga. We got fucking Deron Bland, who's also going to come in, and he's a stud, and uh, he had – you know, multiple interceptions last year and is looking to build on that. We got Malik Hooker. Um, we got Curse and we got Donovan Wilson, which Wilson's kind of got an injury thing, but he'll be back number one. He'll be back first. Not to mention, like I said, we got Michael Parsons. We got uh, D-Law. Um, we drafted Mozzie Smith. Yo, hey, by the way, hey, by the way, hey, viewers and listeners, he gonna name the entire fucking 40, <laughs> 40 or 50 man roster real quick for you. So, yo, you'll be here for a minute. <laughs> Yo, we're stacked we're stacked you yeah. know um and then we got we got on the offensive side we were already the number one offense last year uh based off a of point scored we were uh Dak has led the league in highest scoring offense the past three seasons only quarterback to have an offense to score more than 30 points a game for the past three seasons but he won't give credit to that. They won't ever give Dak no credit for that. And they, they won't the mention over too damn much. And they won't oh, mention the receiving core that we had last year that when we went into the season, everybody thought was a shit receiving core. Yet somehow when Dak got there, we were the number one offense in the league. I don't know. But we got better because we added Brandon Cooks to that offense to line up beside CeeDee Lamb with Michael Gallup. Jalen Tolbert in training camp is looking to make a step up. We got Kevante Turpin, who's probably the best uh, returner in the league. Uh, so who's also got 4-3 speed. <laughs> Yo, what you laughing about, bro? Dak's going to prove a lot of people wrong this year. Dak Dude, is giving the grace of the offense. I'm still on number three, and that's why the Cowboys, we got the experience now. Everyone's getting older. We added depth. Cowboys are number three. Number two. 
and we're going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. I believe personally that the Cowboys are better than the Philadelphia Eagles, but the reason why I had to put them at number two is because they were in the Super Bowl last year. I can't be biased. They were in the Super Bowl last year, and if I'm given a power ranking, I believe that you being in the Super Bowl, that kind of experience gives you the number two spot. And I'm going to have to give it to them. But like I said, I still believe the Cowboys are better. Um, you know, Jalen Hurts had a rock yeah. star uh, season. Everyone wants to say he's like the number two quarterback in the league. He's by far the best quarterback in the NFC. He very well could be. But we've seen this story before with the Eagles before. We've seen Carson Wentz look like the best player in the league. And then what happened to his fucking career? All right. Exactly. We need to see more than one season. That's just my point. You really compare him to Carson Wentz? Damn. He had the same type of season. Nah, but he ain't a nigga, though. Nah, he ain't no nigga. He ain't no nigga. That's the difference. That is the difference. He ain't no nigga. Uh, But, but you know, the Eagles got a stud defensive line. Their defense is good. They lost a few pieces, but I think that they did a great job at adding um, back to those spots and possibly getting similar production from those spots. They lost Miles Sanders, but got DeAndre Swift. So I believe in DeAndre Swift a lot. think he's going to be a great running back. So I have the Eagles at number two. I'm not going to spend too much longer on those fuckboys. All right. Um, and for the best team in the league on my power rank is my number one spot. And sorry if I'm taking a long time. I just wanted to be thorough with my no, thoughts no, so you know where I'm that. coming from. We have the one and only, and I believe the only valid spot for number one. If you have anybody else there, you were fucking out your goddamn mind. And shout out to the goddamn crack epidemic. All right, we got the Kansas City fucking Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs. You want to know what the reason is? There's really only one reason. I'm going to keep this nice and short. They got Patrick Mahomes, and that's it. That's my number one. Kansas City Chiefs, they got Patrick Mahomes. That's my number one. He is the Michael Jordan of football. He is the best quarterback that I've ever seen talent-wise play. I know Brady's the GOAT. Brady's the best winner I've ever seen. But Patrick Mahomes, what he's done in his short career is the best, highest level of quarterbacking that I have ever laid eyes on. I am comfortable saying that. To this day, and I believe that, you know, when it's all said and done, he will be right there chasing the old man, Tom Brady himself. He will be chasing him. And, you know, with the way that he does it and the style and flair, he might not need as many Super Bowls as Tom for people to consider him to be better. That is my top five. Sterling, you may take the floor. Or you you can react to what I got to say. And thank you for the entire uh, uh, Dallas Cowboys roster. I appreciate that. I didn't know the depth chart was. Uh, I didn't know what the depth chart looked like. Uh, and then update on my, my Madden. Uh, I would have got so, into it deeper had uh, you not talked shit, but <laughs> I had to cut it short. Nah, but for the for the people out there, you're definitely gonna see like, and I'm super glad that like um, we've been so consistent with this podcast. Uh, you know, throughout the year. Um, being this is a 22nd episode, this 22 weeks. We've skipped a couple of weeks, but been basically on it every week. You guys are going to truly see the being a Cowboys fan from the Mike on a weekly basis. Um, when they win, the highs are real high. 
the real, real high. It's like a fucking shout out crack epidemic because he'd be cracked out. They'd be on a whole nother level, but damn, they lose. They lose. You would have thought he took a, took a damn sedative at this point. Like, that, my boy, <laughs> Um, But yeah, <clears throat> I kind of agree with I agree with your top two based on the simple fact that those are the ball contenders. And they didn't really change much in the past year, so I'm not going to like even have him one or two. I always pray on Patrick Mahomes. I like him. I think he's a fucking loser. I think his wife keeps. I don't think he's. I don't think he's not a quarter. I think he's a great quarterback. Just like Brady did. Just like I did for Brady. But I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I'm a hater. Sorry, <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> help it. So my power rankings from five to three, since my one and two are the same as Mike's. At number five, I've got the Dallas Cowboys. I didn't even want to put them in my top five, but I I've always see I'm not a Dallas Cowboys fan. I'm a football fan. Like I mean, I'm I've never been like a team. I just always had teams I didn't want to win. Right, um, and a bit of a bandwagon, but I'll jump on anybody to beat Joe Burrow. To be frank, or not Joe Burrow, uh, to beat Patrick Mahomes. It's just what it is. I don't care who it is. I it could be your mom. It could be your little brother. I, I, it doesn't matter. You could somebody could go and crack his knees. I really don't care. Um, but I put Dallas Cowboys at number five based on some of the reasons that Mike said. Maybe not as in depth because I'm not as in, uh adept to the team as Mike is. Obviously, he is a fan, um, and fan means fanatic. Um, but that <laughs> that me. With that being said, I do understand the Cowboys and being that, like, I'm a Yankees fan, like I said earlier, the Yankees and the Dallas Cowboys have very much in common where a lot of fans, they always are willing to spend a lot of money to keep their people there, to get the right people, this, that, and the other, and I can appreciate that from Jerry Jones. I think he sucks as a GM. I think he's one of the worst GMs of all time in that that sense because he can't win. Um, But that is what it is. I think Dallas Cowboys have the ability – to be the team that takes out the Eagles if they stay healthy. One of the things, and stay consistent, Dak Prescott is one of the biggest pieces to that team. He is the piece to that team. He is the piece. Because the defense is going to be solid. I have no doubt the defense for the Dallas Cowboys, like Michael said earlier, Michael Parsons is a freak athlete. He's one of those guys where you really, like, I mean, you really don't want to see him coming at you. He's quick, strong like understands the game like you can't you can't get any better than that when it comes to the defensive side of the football that being said i know that dallas cowboys and dak dak has is pretty up and down sometimes with injuries and then even with consistency in terms of his turnovers i know there's some games where he has a high amount of turnovers where it can be extremely detrimental to the team which is it should be as a quarterback if they have two to three interceptions in a game they should lose it, it's just how the game works that is my number five I'm obviously praying they are the worst team in the league this year for the sake of I love seeing my friend really upset about his team. Um, <laughs> that, be- <laughs> that being said, next on the docket, number four, I've got to go with my boys. Dude, it's not, dude I don't want to have the same, but I'm going to put the Baltimore Ravens at number four. And the caveat to that is just because I have been the biggest Lamar Jackson fan since the video when he fucking juked the guy and walked into the end zone. Since the that list, day. Oh, that shit. That is a probably and a people, top five, top three fucking highlight of all time. 
that and to a little back backstory that most people didn't even know that was Lamar Jackson until he got to Louisville and have the I didn't know that Heisman season that he had. I knew it was I figured out who it was. I took some time and I wasn't like obsessing it like out in public, like, oh like this is Lamar, blah blah blah, like kind of little I was like, Oh, this is pretty cool. I can't wait to see what happens when he goes to college and plays and all this stuff. And obviously it turned out really, really well for him. Um one of the the caveat to that is that Lamar if Lamar and the team stay relatively healthy, by relative I mean the people that matter stay healthy, aka Lamar, Odell, um all the wideouts, the, the defense, once again, one of those things where the defense will be fine basically regardless unless their entire fucking defensive line just decides to fall over and not work for the rest of the season, for the whole season. Um, I agree with you in the sense that I think the Baltimore Ravens are the dark horse to make the Super Bowl, and they have the ability. They're one of those teams that can beat the Chiefs because of the ability of a high-powered offense. When you have, You have to go blow for blow with the Chiefs. Because you are not going to just hold Patrick Mahomes to 17 points. Like, you're not going to do it. If you hold the Chiefs to under 20 points, bro, you you better win that fucking game. Like, you better win that fucking game. Because that means Patty's having a bad night and your defense is playing fucking amazing. Um, and the only thing is, is they, like Mike, like you said, Mike, they're in a very tough division, very competitive division, which I'm... It's been the best division in football for... Aside from the NFC East for the last decade they've been the two most competitive divisions i think the north has been a little bit more consistent maybe not so because the it was basically just pittsburgh and baltimore but cincinnati um and then cleveland on the back and we're making their way in there uh to be more more competitive over the past few years um and obviously with deshaun now like you said if he stays away from the massages keeps those at a minimum <laughs> they'll be competitive and, and i'd love to see deshaun do well a small caveat Every team in the NFC East is in the top 10 highest valuated uh, football franchise in the league. Yeah. And that includes the, the Redskins, a.k.a. Commanders. Big boss. Um, for, the pe- for, for the people that think that I'm an asshole for saying Redskins, I'm black. Um, I just want to let that be known. I'm not an Indian, <laughs> but I can say you got like for the white folks out there. No offense. You show it tears. That's all I got to say. Um that being said, them at number four, I would I'd love to see them beat the Chiefs. Like nothing would make me happier to see Lamar Jackson in the Super Bowl and win it. That would honestly be really cool to see. Um because I think it would be I think it'd become full circle for him. And I think he could really just be done with his career, to be frank. I mean, I'd love to I want to see him keep playing because he's in my opinion, I like watching him more than Patrick Mahomes because Patrick Mahomes runs like he's got a stick up his ass, and I really don't like that. Like he's not smooth <laughs> like Lamar is. Um Definitely, but I'd love to see Lamar have another MVP caliber season. And I think if he's gonna do it, it's gonna be this season. And if it's not this season, it's gotta be the next. I think it's gonna be the end of like they'll stop investing super, super, super heavy into him, and they'll kind of just let him work with what he's got. And like he's just got to be great every single season to win at a really, really high level. Go eleven with eleven win season with the seventeen games now. Um, that being said, number three, I've got the Cincinnati Bengals. Can't like I mean it's hard to bet against Joe Burrow like that dude him and Jamar Chase just them and just Joe Burrow like just knows that motherfucker knows how to win he knows how to win he's won at the second highest level he almost he was literally a play away from winning again like at the highest level at a what his 
first full season because he tore his ACL the first season he was in the league. Like, I don't think people realize how great of a quarterback this kid's going to be. And people are probably asking, like, what about the Bills? What about the Bills? The Bills fucking suck, dude. Yeah, the like, Bills Josh Allen is trash, has, bro. Josh Allen himself has a ceiling that is, like, no other. When I mean that, I mean he's got that ceiling that's, like, it, it's progressively got lower and lower every single season. It doesn't go up like a lot of people do. He was super high, and now it's down. And he's in a division now with the Miami Dolphins, where I would put, if we had a top 10, Miami Dolphins would have been my sixth. And I know that sounds crazy to some people, but it shouldn't. They have one of the most high-powered offenses in the league now, based on like at their offseason and what they've done, um, even through the draft. And it might add Dalvin Cook to the roster, too. Fierce. Yeah, Tuvalu learns how to be even more consistent than he was last year. I mean, there could be a super scary team. The AFC is extremely strong. Like this is the first time AFC has been this strong. But these past couple of years have been the first time in this strong in a very, very long time. That's why Tom Brady was able to win so many chips. Not that he wasn't great and he didn't play great teams, but he played in the shittiest division in the league, being the AFC East at the time. And the AFC was historically weak if you weren't Pittsburgh, Baltimore, or, um, yeah, those guys. That's basically it. Like, you basically had to go through Pittsburgh or Baltimore. And that was how you had to go to the Super Bowl. And he knew that. Like, Tom Brady knew that. Like, he knew that's all I had to do. And then the Jets had their one or two seasons with Darrell Revis and Revis Island. Then he got put on an island, and nobody knows who he is anymore. But, yes, so, like, like I said, my number three – Gotta have Cincinnati Bengals. I think the Cincinnati Bengals have, like you said, uh, same thing kind of like the caveat or the the point about like they've been the Super Bowl. When you have guys that have been the Super Bowl and guys have won, like won at very high levels, because they have a good amount of those guys that have won something at a high level, like it's really hard to go against those type of teams. As long as Joe can get through the calf thing without straining it too much, where it becomes a real fucking massive issue for them, which it will become an issue because it's a long season, and he gets hit a fuck ton he is literally like it's the same thing i mean it's so bad because he probably wins a super bowl if he gets protected <laughs> like yeah. he probably wins his fucking super bowl and i hope they they realize that and i know they realize it but i hope they really invested in the next couple seasons to make sure he stays healthy and is their franchise quarterback um because there's no reason him and jamar shouldn't win them at least one championship while they're together in cincinnati i don't i don't think it, i think it'll be a crime for them not to win a championship, to be as close as they really were. I'm, I'm rooting for them. But yeah, and like I said, the one and two, obviously, don't want the Chiefs to be number one, but nobody can fucking stop them. They got rid of Tyreek Hill, and then they still fucking won the champion. Like, a, a Super Bowl, I almost shit myself. I was very pissed off. Um, and, then the, and then the Eagles, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has got an amazing story, and I think Jalen Hurts rightfully... And that team at the Eagles is one of the grittiest teams in the league. I think they are the grittiest team, in my opinion, maybe aside from the Cincinnati Bengals, because the Bengals are also super young. Um, but they're one of the grittiest teams that just want to win, and they don't care what it takes to win. And you can tell by the way that they play the game, and I think that's a super cool thing to see as a fan. But I did want to comment on something else. Aaron Rodgers at the, at the New York Jets, I want to let you guys know they're probably like, oh, well, you know, no. The New York Jets are going to fucking suck again. It <laughs> does not matter who you bring to that team, bro. It's There's a reason. If your team has a hard knocks on you, they're not doing it because it's like, 
oh, this is cool. They're doing it because it's a fucking debacle. They're doing it because your team sucks. Like, the reason the Arizona Cardinals had a hard knocks, why? They fucking sucked. They sucked. They couldn't figure it out. Kyle Murray couldn't figure it out. He can't see over his fucking offensive line. I'm sorry. It's wraps. So that's my top five. I definitely am super excited for the season. For the folks that are big football fans, this is definitely the time of the year to really be tuning in often. I know that we're going to have a lot of content on that. Um, and I, for my baseball fans, if anybody keeps up with baseball in any capacity, when the, when the playoffs come around, I'll make little snippets here and there. I know Mike not, may, may not be able to elaborate on it. I'll make a little three, four minute segment, like just to talk about it. Cause I love playoff baseball and I think it's one of the most, it's mo- one of the most exciting times of the year. And I, I will try really my fun. best to chime in, but you I'll probably to. let's thoroughly just go on a ramp for a little bit on that. Segment. Yeah, no, you don't have to, man. It's a hard, it's, there's so many moving parts when it comes to baseball. It's really hard to even like put it into words sometimes but that being said i mean i think we kind of can wrap it up from there man i know we we haven't done a black react in a couple of weeks but we'll hold off we'll make it for a good week i know that um i've got a long day tomorrow i know it's been a long night i know mike's got to do some stuff for the video and all this stuff i want to make sure that he's got some time for himself um and other than that i'll see you guys when i'm 26 years old 26 and also i want to shout out because my dad and Sterling had the same birthday. So shout oh, out yeah. Pops. He's going to be, I don't even know. He probably don't want me to put this age out on the podcast. So he's going to be a certain number tomorrow, but it will also <laughs> be his birthday. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Big but night. I appreciate everybody listening. Like always, uh, we will be back next week, Wednesday at 8 p.m., the original time. Every week every Wednesday at 8 p.m. So for all the fellas out there listening, listen, my guy, she only wants a 1% man. So you got to quit your bitching and get your bread up. It's that simple. And for the ladies out there listening, he don't want you, sweetie. You got to move on. But it's okay because you're still beautiful and powerful and will always love you. It's the After Dark Podcast. Until next time. Thank <laughs> you.